You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati, continuing offensive line talk, which is something we talk about every single podcast uh, with the Cincinnati Bengals. What if this happens? Jonah Williams plays pretty good. He stays healthy at left tackle. And Cincinnati trying to figure out an extension with Jonah Williams if he has a good 2023? Or are you still looking for that left tackle and maybe next year's draft? Um. So this is assuming you don't a Broderick Jones type doesn't fall to you and that's not the heir apparent. Yep. You don't, okay. you don't get in the draft because you don't feel strong about it, but you buy your offensive, you buy the, your right tackle in free agency this year. It becomes very tough to buy a left tackle too, right? Because you're paying premium money for center, right guard, right tackle. And now left tackle leaves, even talking about giving Jonah an extension, it becomes tough to pay him because you're giving premium money to that spot. So I think it could, oh man, that's so risky, right? Like that's the thing is that, yes, you could get away with not paying him. And I think that would ultimately be the right call, but you have to hit on whatever you do. That's the tough part because you're probably going to want to get cheap somewhere and your center and right guard are locked in. And let's say you paid, are you saying you paid a right tackle good money or just like? It was it was more than the Lyle and Riley Reef type. Like right in the middle, but not okay. high end dollar. Yeah, you're gonna want to get a cheap left tackle. Then you got a cheap left guard, uh, but you don't want a cheap left tackle. Then that's tough to find. Uh, but that's uh, that's the that's, those become the challenges of being a good team, right? Like, can you find a way to get cheaper in other positions? Because you have to pay a quarterback and two wide receivers and a linebacker. <laughs> it's hard. You could say the same thing about, and this isn't a Chiefs podcast, but with the offensive line with Wiley and Orlando Brown, what they yeah. do in situations this offseason, because everybody remembers that Tampa Super Bowl, and they're like, oh my gosh, Patrick Mahomes is running for his life, and then they go in and secure the offensive line the following year, and then they're in a situation this offseason where they have decisions they have to make, and and again, a problem when you're a good team and you're paying guys, and yes, I like that Patrick Mahomes contract. That I, I would love something very similar to that, like that for Joe Burrow, but you know, it does. It does get complicating if you do not feel strong about developing a left tackle in this draft. Yeah, that's why I think you can and might end up talking yourself into drafting a left tackle that might be a little bit of a project and just going, he's got a year. We've got a year to develop him. I mean, Frank Pollock's never really had the big ball of clay to mold. Like, you can consider Jackson Carmen that, but I don't know if Carmen cared off the field is the issue. And that was kind of the thing with him coming into the league. And he had the back injury, so let's give him a little bit of 
credit, a little slack. But he lost his job to Xavier Suofilo his rookie year when he was supposed to win that. He had the inside track in that race. And then he lost his job to Cordell Volson when he had the inside track in that race. So I don't want to give him too much credit either because he also disappointed on the inside. So, but he looks better, right? Like, is that development? It's development to me to take a guy that looks terrible and make him look passable. And that's what he did with Jackson Carmen. And that's, I would say, I thought Hakeem Adenji looked better this year, even if it wasn't great. Like, there were games that he played that were solid. And I don't think you could say that last year. And then Cordell Wilson looks much improved from college. So, mm-hmm. like, those things happen. Jonah Williams regressing is a point in the other direction. But he also got injured, so. I, I just, I don't want to see Max Sharping out there ever again. Oh, man. Poor guy. Poor guy. He went up against Chris Jones. I know. I know. But when I watched Alex Kappa against them in December, and then I see that. I, I don't even... want to see three injuries on the offensive line. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. What uh, teams can overcome that? Somebody tweeted me the tweet teams you think that can overcome that and list the backups that would have played when your best interior guy and both tackles went out. Because I don't think the Eagles do. They've got one good swing tackle and Andre Dillard, who's now gone. Um, I'm not saying he's a good tackle. I'm saying he's a good swing tackle. And then I think they have a, one guy that can fill in the interior. And then what are you doing at right tackle? It, it It's very hard. It's very hard to do this. That's why I, I think it's kind of funny that we're talking like the offensive line stinks. It, it wasn't. It was just, yeah. It was just really injuries. Like it wasn't great, but it made it look bad. Not look bad, but no. play bad. I think that's one of the things that people are like, oh, that's such an excuse to say three starters are out. I agree with you. I thought the offensive line was fine when they really started to connect connect and get going. And I would say almost maybe after the Thursday night game, I'm like, okay, this offensive line is going to be okay as long as everybody can stay healthy. And they did for the majority of the season until that Christmas Eve game when Lyle went down. And then Lyle went down and I'm like, okay, they can, they can, they can be okay. What's kind of annoying, and it's always going to be a what if, because yes, they were still fighting for seeding at the time, but Alex Kappa was injured in the coin flip game, uh, the game that really mattered with the Baltimore Ravens, the last regular season game of the season. And you wonder if Cincinnati would have pulled some of their starters, even though they were playing for that number two seed, and that that was important. Uh, but I always kind of think back at that game maybe not all your offensive linemen are out there at that time, and, and what a difference having Alex Kappa. Uh, for the playoffs so not not in buffalo they did just fine in buffalo thanks to a nice little snowstorm and in credit to both trenches but at the same time i think about i think about alex kappa playing in the kansas city game and i feel like that would have been a huge difference maker so we'll move on because you we'll move on. yeah i can totally trust them um believe it or not there are several offensive line questions actually david mentions jackson carmen he goes do you think carmen will be a above average lineman and if so and if so how soon i mean the betting odds would be no right i mean there's a case you can make but i don't know what the percentage chance is that you can be an above above average is pretty good like that's ted carrots level maybe even a little bit better i don't know above average is a big range but can he be as good ask yourself can he be as good as ted carrots and the answer to me is Probably not. Would you think it would be successful if Jackson Carmen in the net for two to three years is a nice swing tackle for this team? Would you take that? Um, I wouldn't take it for the draft position, but I'd take it for where his career was. Like it's successful for where he was and what he ended up being. Kind of like how 
and this guy was a starter, but Robert Gallery was drafted like second overall and he kind of stunk for a while, but he's able to turn his career around and be a good guard on the inside. Like that's a success in a way, but it's also not a success for a guy you drafted that high. So draft position, no, but for his career and where it was after his rookie season, yes, that's a success. And where he is right now, I'd still consider that a success. If he can be the swing tackle, that's a, that's a success. Do you ever go back and look at the offensive linemen that were drafted after him and think? I mean, yeah, it's Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith, the guys you can always point to. It's just those two. They want an interior guy, and they drafted Trey Hill over Trey Smith as well. Whatever. Um, and the one – they're never doing it. Landon Dickerson picked one pick before them because uh, the Eagles, or they traded down Thank afterwards. But yeah, the Eagles got Landon Dickerson one pick ahead of where the Bengals were. That was my favorite. That was my draft crush. Too bad. David had a part two, and we've talked about Cordell Volson. He said, do you think Volson will eventually be above average too? I thought he was pretty solid for a fourth round rookie from a smaller school. I give him a much better shot. Um Maybe I think he's going to be in that range. Like that's, I think where his career arc takes him is average above average, slightly below average, somewhere in there. How much better can he get? Cause he's as old as Jonah Williams. And I think if you ask somebody, can Jonah Williams be above average? It's a resounding. No, <laughs> if you ask that on Twitter, but there's more excitement for Cordell Wilson. Cause only played in the league one year. He improved a lot from two years ago, his, last season in college to last year but i don't know i think he's in that range i think it's possible i think it's on the higher end of his outcome so because i don't think he really has a great player a, a great guard in his range of outcomes at least realistically but above average sure it's in there that's a possibility yeah i i hope year two for cordell volson it only gets better for him um and he's cheap right now at left guard so that's really ideal for this offensive line uh jimmer time says what's the expectations for dax hill this year um to play at a solid level i think to be he doesn't have to be good but to show to flash talent like high-end talent and then to play at least somewhat consistently doesn't have to be that great i don't think he should has to be jesse bates i just think he has to be he has to show that he's a first round pick i think and he's in year two so that puts a little more expectations on you when you're a rookie you get a little bit um of, of leeway so that's what i think what do you what do you think yeah i think that you need it's a big loss without jesse bates yes i'm assuming we've said this before he's going to be gone he's going to get the bag with another team I think what's important is bringing Von Bell back for me personally. If they can extend Von Bell, I'm like, okay, Dax is going to be all set. And and maybe he'll exceed expectations, um, you know, getting his first start at safety and replacing Jesse Bates out there next year and just kind of seeing what the difference he sees in year two by having his rookie year of being a part of those reps and, and training camp. And maybe, you know, maybe maybe we will see a difference on defense. Uh, but we 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 are a podcast that loves Jesse Bates out there. We were, we were big fans fans of Jesse Bates. I don't feel like he was getting the credit he deserved um, on the defensive side of the ball this past year. But uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm really rooting for Dax because it, it was kind of one of those picks. We've mentioned it before. When you're good, you're going to be picking late in the draft. And I hope that happens forever. As long as Joe Burrow is the quarterback of this team that they're picking, you know, 
32 is ideal um, if that ever happens. But I'm, I'm rooting for this pick to work out. It, it is going to be uh, a difference maker not having Jesse out there. But I say my expectations are still high for Dax this year. It's funny, Daniel. I didn't see your tweet, but I'm going to read it, and we're going to get to a little more of your part two of it. He says, my thought is that people are forgetting just how well the offensive line played in the back half of the season until the injury struck. Do you agree with me thinking only depth is needed or are you on a big overhaul with this offensive line? We've talked plenty about this, but I think we both can agree no overhaul is needed. Yep, rapid fire is no overhaul. It's not just depth, though, because I do think you need a guy that can start week one at right tackle. Yeah, I think that's extremely important right now because they do not have a secured right tackle out there. Let's go to Dylan. He says, what are your projected stats for Joe Burrow next season? Huh. I haven't thought about this yet. Um, I did them last year, but then they ended up at 16 games, so 17 games. Uh, uh, 4,983 yards and uh, 38 touchdowns. I'm going to go 40 touchdowns. All right. I put. I went right below the two big benchmarks that people want to hear, the 5,040. Have you? I don't know if you've noticed this. And I'm not big on it. I'd rather the Bengals be sleepers under the radar. National media isn't paying attention. Joe Burrow getting a lot of love for the MVP and a yeah, lot of that, people. Yeah. Super, I think they, they have the second best odds to, to go to the Super Bowl again. And oh. yeah, it's there's a lot of love. They for were below, they were below some teams last I saw. I saw them below the Bills and below the Eagles and below the 49ers last I looked. Maybe I'm on the wrong uh, betting site. Uh, but but at one point, I want to say they jumped above the Buffalo Bills. And oh, I can't remember, remember the move. I don't get the Buffalo Bills. Could you well. imagine if the Bengals got smashed at home by the Bills? What people would say about them. But then the Bills get smashed at home by the Bengals. And everybody's just kind of like, oh, well, they'll do it next year. <laughs> it's like, will they? What would have happened in that Monday Night Football game? I, the, just the way they were rolling yeah. early. I mean, it's kind of just wild to think the about. Bills looked better that game. It did, did look better. There, were, there wasn't a snowstorm or anything like that. But Joe Burrow just had this like look, like I'm just gonna ball out tonight. And just the way he was playing was really fun for you know the first few minutes of that game. But I agree with you. The expectations for the Bills were so high last year. I, I kind of just want to lay under the radar. I don't. I don't like anything about that. But if you even go back to that Bills game, it it should have been worse. The score should have been worse than what it was. I mean, the Jamar Chase touchdown that didn't count. Um, I want to say the Hayden Hurst almost touchdown. I mean, they're lucky that game didn't get worse than what it already was. We'll go to Fred Taylor. He says, do you think Joe Burrow gets extended before free agency, which is really coming up soon? No, because it's so close. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, do you think he gets extended next week is basically what you're asking. I will say this. This is my, uh, I feel like I have a hot take right now. Because I think it's fun to guess when Joe is going to get extended. I feel very confident that Joe Burrow will get extended this offseason. It's extremely important. It's more important for the Bengals front office to get this done this offseason than it is for Joe Burrow because his stock is only going to skyrocket and he could get even more. Um, but I think it's you just want to get it done. I have a feeling it gets done before they – during offseason program, before right. camp. What about you? That's about when they usually do it. Yeah, sure. I don't know. July. You're a training camp guy. Sure. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't really thought about it. I was just just picking a month in the off season. No, that's just, that's how I'm feeling right now. I could be wrong. Maybe I'm a little more optimistic because I want them to go ahead and get it done. But at the same time, I mean, they have to, they sold the rights to their stadium so that they could do this. So it's not like they can play hardball really. 
It's Pedro Stadium for a reason. It's going to happen. Uh, but no, I, I I do. I'm optimistic. And look, I could be completely wrong. But for some reason, I feel like it's going to be something that happens during the offseason programs. Maybe it's between the gap of June and training camp. Or maybe it'll be completely wrong and it comes right down to uh, the preseason before regular season even gets started because they do not do contracts when the season starts. So um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But what do you have up on all Bengals this week? Well, I did my Bijan Robinson article and whatever you want to say about it, I think I think he's really good. <laughs> Whether um, you think running back matters or not, I even put that in the thing. It was just the areas of concern, he's a running back, was basically one of them. So um, I'm going to do a couple more running backs. I'm going to do Zach Charbonnet, who I mentioned on here just about uh, however long ago. I think he reminds me of Cedric Benson, uh, and we'll see more of that, of why. Uh, and then – I think I'll do Ty J Spears as well. And then I'm going to put out my running back rankings for the guys I've watched, which I haven't watched everybody. I'm going to try to get a couple games of some guys this weekend before I do that. But yeah, um, look for a Zach Charbonnet article, then a Ty J Spears article, and then the running back rankings. And then I'll be done with the position. And I won't go back to it for a while. Uh, maybe like towards right before draft night, you know, it's, it's like all my rankings and they'll be there. But I think I'm going to chill on that for a while after that. I want a live look because we record normally on Thursdays and we record around seven. So the NFL draft will really just be kicking off. Um, they'll be having like the pregames of the draft. I, I want to say it starts at seven or eight. I want a live look at you when the Bengals are about to pick at 28 and Robinson's on the board at 26. And then Buffalo comes in and snags him at 27. Buffalo won't. I don't think they will. Think I think they're will. scared. I think they're scared of taking running backs that high. Well, there's some uh, projections that they're going to get uh, King Henry from the Titans. Oh, okay. which is wild to me. DJ Reader will just have to stop him again uh, this time against the Buffalo Bills. So I don't know if he fits them. Yeah, that's again. It's it's that time of year that every player trade scenario. He's going to go play for this team, and no, none of the, we don't we don't know what's going to happen. The next two weeks are going to be fun because we have combine next week. Then you get into all the pro days, free agency, who's coming back in Cincinnati, and um, all that's going to be really fun to talk with. Make sure you're following along. as great stuff over on All Bengals, a good running back breakdown. Also over on Twitter at Bengals underscore Sands. You can follow me at LNDS Patterson. Thank you for listening, too. It's always game day in Cincinnati.